Sam. And this is Discontent, a podcast about nothing and for no one. And uh, what what did, how was everybody's week? What did you do? Uh, uh, I watched uh, a lot of, I watched a lot more Gossip Girl to my detriment. Yeah, me and, too. And yeah, last night I spent like three hours doing crafts after dinner because I want to decorate for Halloween now. And I just kind of put I just kind of put Gossip Girl on, and I would like look up every five minutes, and some insane new thing would be happening. <laughs> like at one time, at one point, I like I like zoned out for a while while I was trying to get construction paper to work, and I <laughs> looked up, and Serena and Nate went to some underground poker game to try and save Sebastian Stan from like an oil rig workers prison i think that's what was happening that's an episode of the avatar the last airbender are you sure you were watching avatar the last airbender there was also some politics involved somehow in that conversation good very and i was cool. like i was like i don't like this and so i tuned it out again but like i i really hate how much sebastian sand is in this show i didn't realize he he was in it so much he has come back with full force at season three and i'm like no you gotta go you gotta get out of here you gotta go (laughs) i was uh i was talking to one of my friends who like gossip girl is one of her like shows that she rewatches a lot oh my god and uh, she said that apparently uh, Sebastian Stan and Leighton Meester were dating at the in the early oh se- oh seasons of the show. So that could be why he was around so much. I hate that. How unfortunate. <laughs> How unfortunate for everyone involved in that. <laughs> I do know that, like, everyone in this cast did date each other at yeah. one point. So, like, that's not that surprising, but I hate that he's here and I have to see him. Well, she's with uh, she's with Adam Brody now, and he's just on Instagram, and people are asking where's Blair. So that's the it's it all worked out in the end. Off of that, I like that uh, for that I guess Instagram live video or whatever. He doesn't have an Instagram account, so he used Leighton Meester's, and that's yeah. why people were <laughs> like, "Hey, where's Blair?" <laughs> <laughs> it's a good screenshot. The thing that I hate the most about season three so far is how they tried to make Penn Badgley more sexy. By like, <laughs> by like giving him a lot of hair gel and like literally like sculpting a helmet of hair for him to where like he has like one curl that comes o- over his ear and then on the other side it's like flipped up and a little bit and they just like have him really tan and always flexing his arms. It's like, it's like <laughs> pen, pen. Let's chat. <laughs> <laughs> don't let them do this to you <laughs> you have rights as a, a human being <laughs> and it's yeah it's a lot anything else besides gossip girl not really i haven't yeah. done anything this week and if i did i don't remember it yeah i tried to piece together my week with sean before we even started recording and i was like oh i just spent like four out of five nights on neopets or playing video games so i really have nothing but uh, he did Lars and the Real Girl on his podcast this week uh, as like with their bonus episode. So I watched that with mm-hmm. him. That's a good movie. See, I, <laughs> d- <laughs> I remember the very like so I, I wasn't ever I didn't think I had seen it. I did not think I had seen it. And then when we started watching it, the first like 20 minutes were very vividly familiar to me. And then a- everything after that is was was nothing. So I'm pretty sure I started watching it and went. 
nah fam this ain't for me and turn it off <laughs> that sounds right and i still i still contend that it's 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 not for me <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i just like i just liked i went through a ryan gosling phase after uh crazy stupid love so i watched it i think i was in costa rica i was living there and i watched it like in my room by myself one afternoon and I, I remember enjoying it. I remember it being weird, but fine. But, you know, it's also just if you're on a on a Gosling kick, it's a good vehicle for that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I watched a lot of questionable media on my various uh, actor actor kicks. So I, I understand. I just it's just I don't know. It just made me uncomfy. Yeah, <laughs> I have not seen this movie. Is it is, is it the one about the sex doll? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. And that's why I haven't seen it. He's like a deeply scarred boy with like clearly some sort of like on the spectrum kind of thing. And he buys a sex doll to be his girlfriend. And then everyone in town just goes along with it. And uh, hijinks ensue, I guess. It's a romantic comedy where one person is inanimate. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> My my apologies to people who like Lars and the Real Girl. Anything else? No. Okay. Well, I uh, I don't know what caused me to like get into the mood to watch two education like centered documentaries on Sunday after we recorded last week. But I um, was it your COVID? Uh, yeah, cl- <laughs> clearly it was my it was all the COVID I was experiencing from my quarantine. Um, but I uh, I'd never seen Waiting for Superman, which is the um, I think Bill Gates involved i don't know if he produced it but he like is one of the people that they interview um documentaries from like the late 2000s that's like why is school terrible um and i had never seen it so i didn't really know what the the like thesis statement was but i came out of it like they basically vilify teachers unions in a way that's a little bit not great oh boy (laughs) Mm, cool and but then they also like put good teachers up on this pedestal, which is fine, I guess. But like, it's a whole, I have a lot of thoughts about it that are not really relevant to anybody not in the education field. But like, I just remember everybody, it was one of those things that like, as an education major in the like early 2010s, like people talked about, like mentioned a lot. And I'm just, I was a little underwhelmed by like the entire thing as far as like it didn't really propose any solutions except for fire bad teachers which like yeah (laughs) but is that the one that's like teachers unions are bad because they help bad teachers stay in okay which like is 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 a valid point but like that's every every union does that so to have that point of view is a little yeah and when sketchy and okay i'm when I hear yeah, anti-union it, it, that, stuff, that I get very stuff, yeah, I get very, but, uh, I get very like up on my high horse because I'm right, like, uh, a- teachers are not paid enough for you to be like, mm, I think this this union is bad. Right. That's the other thing. Like when a person is making, you know, thirty five thousand dollars a year teaching teaching kids in a in an inner city school, um, like, what's your? How are you going to tell them that they're doing a bad job if they are showing up every day and doing something but yeah you know. weird weird, right. weird to blame it on the union and not be like hmm, maybe we should pay teachers more and compensate right. their time which if, if they're so vital to our right. society maybe we should 
pay them commiserately. Right. Which Shocking. Is, I mean, like, like uh, if we're going to go after discussion. any union, maybe let's go after the cops. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, and there's, there's a discussion of like merit pay and stuff like that. And it's like there it's just it's a very 2010 kind of thing. And I think that in the past 10 years, there have been some like extensions of research of what actually helps, you know, teachers improve and stuff. And uh, I, I don't think that this is the viewpoint that education is in right now, but it was very like enlightening to see. Yeah, I, I remember, I, I remember, like, I'm not obviously in the education field at all, but I remember when Waiting for Superman was like the big deal and everyone was watching that, that documentary. Yeah. I didn't realize it was just an anti-union thing, but okay. I mean, yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, and then, but so also I watched um, this documentary. I guess it wasn't inherently about education, but it was about like students. But it was, um, it's called Most Likely to Succeed and it's on Amazon Prime. And it follows four kids voted most likely to succeed at their high school graduation, like at their high school senior class over the next 10 years. Um, uh-huh. And it was, it was really interesting. It was cool. Like it was, you know, some things were, you know, a, a pretty, they basically, they graduated in 2007. So oh. it was a lot of like, almost PTSD to like back to, <laughs> you know, back to that. There was so much like the framing device that they have to go between like years and stuff is like Facebook updates on the old Facebook. Oh boy. So, oh boy. <laughs> but uh, it was, it was interesting to watch. It was cool to see like, you know, just four four people from different backgrounds that like were quote unquote most likely to succeed and what that meant to them and what they thought success meant when they were 18 and what they thought success meant when they were 28 and what happened in the interim. And given that it was, you know, they were people that graduated high school as as Delia and I entered high school, like their their experiences with what was going on around them technologically and worldwide and everything like align in a way that made it an interesting watch um one guy at the end turns out speaking of education works for an app that i use daily in my education life and i had to pause the pause the documentary be like hold on what it was one of those things where like it was just such a niche thing that i thought only teachers knew about and then he was like yeah so i started working for class dojo it's like hold on why does this documentary man know about this app that I use? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was a, a weird, a weird outlier of a day. Um, on Sunday, I just watched my those two documentaries that you know just for. But I don't even know why I just did, but they were good. I was voted most opinionated um, in our <laughs> high school. That's not surprising to me. <laughs> if someone followed me ten years later, do you think they'd agree? I think Probably. so. I feel like I agree. Yeah. And then uh, last night I watched uh, on Netflix The Boys in the Band, which is the uh, the Netflix adaptation of the stage, the, the the Broadway revival of the play from like the 70s or whatever, um, with like every white gay actor um, yeah. in the world, um, almost. Mm-hmm. And then um, two, two men of color as well. But uh, <laughs> and it was it was fine. I mean, it was very very of its time in the language and stuff used and in some of the like, but really the biggest thing was Jim Parsons. Like Jim Parsons (laughs) was the main character and it was unbearable. Like we started with Jim Parsons, we ended with Jim Parsons and I was so not there for any of that. Everybody else was great. Matt Bomber, great. Andrew Rannells, great. The other guys whose names I didn't know, 
great. Like, it was a fine movie. Zachary Quinto, giant weirdo, big glasses, curly hair, bitchy attitude. Fine. Frenemy, who is aggressive toward Jim Parsons, even better. But, like, I just couldn't... Jim Parsons was both a terrible... Playing a terrible person and doing it terribly and himself. (laughs) So I just... I just hated that. I hated that part of it. And then there were other things in it that I didn't love based on the, you know, just the some of the off-color comments and stuff that I know were things that happened in the 70s, but, like, do we need to... Do we need to include it now? Yeah. And, you know, but... I don't know. It was it was interesting, I guess. It was a fine way to spend two hours with, you know, if you like enough of those actors, but just be aware there's a whole hell of a lot of Jim Parsons. <laughs> As a tangent, Sam, did you did you go through a Zachary Quinto thing like I did where you watched everything he was ever in? Yeah, obviously. Did you watch when he was in uh, that Tory Spelling show that only lasted yes! like... Of what? course I, I did. Just, I just had like a vivid flashback it's to a, that. It's so notorious, right? Yes. Isn't that what it was called? Yeah. Yes. And, and he plays her, her gay best friend. Absolutely horrible. The worst. <laughs> the worst. Probably the worst thing I've ever seen. Potentially. <laughs> yes. I can't remember. I can't recall like any specific scene from that show, but I know it was just one pink haze of bad bad tv that i watched all of i'm fairly certain there were multiple scenes of like just zachary quinto coming out of a bedroom with another young man besheveled and like that was his whole character basically was that before he came out i think so honestly (laughs) i mean why was anyone surprised A, a Zachary Quinto deep dive would be an interesting would be an interesting deep dive. Would we finally get to watch the slap? <laughs> I refuse. I refuse to watch the slap. I want to watch the slap, but I don't I want to have a reason to watch the slap, you know? I don't want to just do it. <laughs> I would I would do one episode of the slap. It's only like five. It, is. it would be the titular slap. It would be the titular <laughs> slap. Yeah, if you got the one, you you you'd be pretty good. All right. Well, I think any, that's all I did this week. Are we ready to move into what we actually, you know, planned to talk about today? Ben-um, I guess. Ben-um, ben-um, ben-um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we uh, we watched Venom on Friday, and uh, it it. I mean, I still enjoyed it. I, it was still a fine way to spend a couple hours. It was nonsense. Not even a couple hours. An hour and thirty six minutes. Like I said, very that's tight. The other thing. It's like, very, yeah, it, it's it's because there's nothing in that movie. Like three things happen in that movie, <laughs> and then they happen, and it's over. It's Correct. great. That's that's what movies should be. Yes. No more t- no more two hour movies. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I can put up with so much for ninety minutes. Yeah. yeah, ninety minutes, and then any more after ninety minutes starts to be like, hmm, why am I watching this? But with Venom being that long, I'm sure the credits were like five minutes, so it's probably really only like ninety one minutes long. The yeah. movie itself. So. Yeah, like in comparison, Enola Holmes was a full two hours. A <laughs> no, full that's bad. two hours, and nothing mm-hmm. happened yeah. in that movie. That's wild, man. <laughs> she didn't even find her mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, I as you as you said multiple times, Delia, as we were watching it. It is amazing how many great people were in this movie who didn't get to who, do anything. Who didn't do anything. Like, why Why did you cast, why did you pay Michelle Williams, presumably, like, Oscar money, to, <laughs> to, to 
be that character who got to do nothing. She got to do nothing. And she had a horrible haircut. She did have a bad haircut. Yeah. So I, I was curious, basically, uh, when we decided that it was, you know, 90 minutes long, basically, I, I calculated how much of the movie is taken up just by the Venom rap. And it's about three, it's about three and a third percent of the movies. And it's just Eminem. <laughs> so that tells you jump, what you need to know about Venom. We're going to jump right into talking about Eminem again. <laughs> no, no, I just wanted to do the math because I thought it was a, it was an interesting thought experiment for me. <laughs> so, why, why did we all think, I we were all like collectively deluded in like the mid two thousands and thinking that Eminem was good, and I just, I I was in the shower the other day just thinking like, can you believe we all collectively were like, mm, yes, this is good rap, this is good music, this is the best rapper, this is the best rapper. <laughs> Needs white, make mom's white supremacy is wild, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah. So, I mean, do we want to do like a a plot summary to start? I, uh, I mean, is there is that I don't know. <laughs> Basically, it I I don't even think that we need one. Like watch Venom if you're interested, watch Venom. <laughs> yeah, if you're like it's it's about Venom. Well, but to be yeah. fair, I I don't know that I can advocate for somebody to spend 12.99 to buy Venom. Like yeah, that's the only that's option the right thing. now. That's the other thing is that's it's true. not available to rent anywhere, which is why I own it digitally on Amazon Prime. And that's why is- we all cheated the system and watched it together on Google Meet. Come get me government. <laughs> Um, instead of Corey and I also having to purchase and own this film. You wouldn't download a pizza. I would download a pizza. You wouldn't download could, a car. If I, could, if I could 3D print a fucking bootleg pizza, I would do it every day. I, would I weigh, think we're like 10, we're 10 years away from that. I would I weigh think. 500 pounds and it would be I fine. Think, I don't even think 10 years, honestly. Like, like less you, than that? Like, I'm pretty sure the technology already exists. Like, you can put edible stuff into a 3D printer and basically print whatever. I don't think it would taste good, but... Yeah. So we're 10 years away from good 3D printed pizza, is what <laughs> yes. we're saying. Like yeah. a realistic... Hot, a hot, steamy pizza out of you the could, 3D you printer. Could, you could probably get the equivalent of a Little Caesars hot and ready from a, from a 3D printer <laughs> right now, like today. <laughs> And you would just you print off your pizza, print off your what, venom. What were, we, what were we talking about? <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay, and yeah, anyway, I own Venom, which I don't regret because I've watched it like five times at this point. But <laughs> So what Delia, what is your like what what about Venom makes it something that you want to watch regularly? Over and it's over because, and over. It's because there's no real like stakes or thought in it. There's no, like, there's nothing super scary or, like, hey, there's, there's no what about, big tension moments. What about climate change? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's it's all just nonsense. And the best part of it is just, like, when Venom is aggressively flirting with Tom Hardy. And Tom Hardy's yes. like, please stop eating my liver or whatever at the same time. <laughs> and that's the conversation that they're having. Like, yep. the... The Venom literally I, nags him. Yeah. <laughs> literally. <laughs> like like a dude you just met on OKCupid. 
Yeah, he, it's like it's like it's like if you went on a date with a man named you know Betty Betty or something, <laughs> and he was like, "I read your profile. You're a big loser. Can I live in your house?" <laughs> I mean, the relationship between Eddie and Venom is, like, the only, like, good thing about this movie and the thing that they did not capitalize on enough. Like, as we were watching it and we were talking about how they just, they couldn't commit in one direction hard enough for this to be a good movie. Like, is this a horror movie? No, but it kind of almost is. It has some elements of it. Yeah, they just didn't commit to it. Is it a comedy? Kind of, because Tom Hardy was, like, off the rails the entire time, but, like, no one else matched his energy. Yeah. Like, is it an action drama? A little bit, but only because Riz Ahmed, like played his character Tried. straight <laughs> like yeah like, like no, none of it matched but there no. are pieces there that are very good for me like well and i was talking to sean about this too like it doesn't even necessarily have to choose one of the three like it, there are there are movies that do like well. comedy and horror together well but yeah, it just it, didn't it didn't choose and it also didn't do any of its parts very well except no. for maybe the comedy parts but just the scenes that tom hardy is in yeah just tom hardy and Venom, who was voiced by Tom Hardy, like, talking to himself and flirting with himself the entire time. Hi, hi, hi I'm Eddie Brock. <laughs> I am an American man, I'm Eddie an American Brock. man, Eddie Brock. I, I am from New York City. <laughs> for what some the reason, one? for some reason, as Venom, he had a better American accent than as Eddie Brock, a human man. Yeah, well, I mean, also the Venom voice, like, it, it, he didn't really do an any accent. It's just kind of like a voice, and it's fine. Hey, hey guys, I didn't until this moment know that Tom Hardy did Venom's voice. <laughs> I don't know who I thought it was, but I just didn't think about it. Yeah, who would it be? <laughs> I don't know. I just didn't. I didn't. I, my, my brain didn't care. My brain was just like, that's just Venom's voice. That's <laughs> Venom's voice. <laughs> That's just that they just they just found Venom. They got Venom to yeah. do it. <laughs> what a get! <laughs> but I mean, that is very on brand for Tom Hardy to do a voice that's not like this. I mean, compared it's been to so, like, you know computer generated and filtered, whatever. But it's yeah. still like it. Yeah, I mean, it, so there, there. Tom Hardy does a commendable job trying to be, I guess, a New Yorker. Because <laughs> um, he's like, hi, I'm Eddie Brock. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to find all the poor people and save them. And, <laughs> and I'm going to uncover mm, injustice. Uh, he, he does skew Irish a lot. A lot. Which is yeah, like, there's, a scene, there's a scene where they're like, uh, uh, Venom has like is like s- like skating down the street or something. I forget what the exact like logistics of the scene are, but Tom Hardy goes, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> Just like, out of nowhere. Yeah, there's a lot of questionable questionable. What what voice is this? Like that, and I I literally I so I on my on my Facebook memories today saw that two years ago today. I posted that I had went to see Venom and somebody in the comments asked me how it was. And I said it was fine, but 
the accent that the, the, the voice Tom Hardy chose was a terrible voice to choose. And I stand behind that. It's still I mean, such uh, a choice listen, to have made. Listen, we all know how much we collectively like Tom Hardy here, but Tom Hardy can't do accents. No. He, he and Chris Pine are these actors who are constantly asked <laughs> to do accents that are not their own. And it's always <laughs> terrible. It's, it's too always bad. terrible. Like the Bane Accent very bad. Ah, <laughs> I was born. <laughs> what accent is that supposed to be, though? Like, okay, Bane is, supposed to, Bane is supposed to be like a, Mexican, like, right? N- like kind of Mexican, like a fake Hispanic country, basically is yeah. where he's from. So, like, but that's not ah, anything. <laughs> this is a Mexican voice. This is what they sound like in Mexico City. <laughs> Batman, would you like to come get some churros? <laughs> Batman, would you like to come get some churros? Might be the title of this episode. This <laughs> is the first Mexican street food I can think of. <laughs> like, similarly, they've asked Chris Pine to do, like, British, British. accents, Boston accents, and it's always very terrible. And it's just like... Maybe stop. Some people are not good at accents, but that doesn't mean that you can't, they can't just not be that. Like, like, I don't see why Eddie Brock couldn't have been, like, not New York. Like, why did he have to have a very direct New York accent? I don't know. It's the same thing with, I mean, literally, the Doctor Strange movie, I I know we don't want to talk about it. There's absolutely no reason Stephen Strange can't be British. Yeah, there's Stephen absolutely, absolutely no reason. 100% should have been British and it would have matched better with like his exactly. like I'm a I'm a very elitist surgeon man kind right. of persona. Like it would like no one know no one knew who Doctor Strange yeah. was except for like the five men who read Doctor Strange. Okay, and like <laughs> it, guess what guys, in a comic book, you can't hear their accents. So maybe <laughs> exactly. he was British the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, there, there is no reason. Like, I understand Eddie Brock's supposed to be, like, a piece of trash. Yeah, and like, like, and, like, I understand he's, like, from New York, whatever, but, like, he could just have, like, it could, it could have been a more regular American accent that didn't, that you didn't have to force Tom Hardy to try and, like, slur his consonants in such a way. Has Tom Hardy done, like, a regular American accent in other things? I feel like he has to have. I can't remember. Like I, I know mean, that he didn't in a, in This Means War. He didn't in Inception. He was in Bronson. <laughs> I don't know what that is. But like, has he ever had to do? Because like, is the thing that he just feels like he can't do a straight up like middle of the road American accent? So he's like, I'm gonna go weird with it. Well, just the problem always. the problem is that Tom Hardy looks like a British man. Like he just <laughs> yeah, he just has true. the like the air of, like, a cockney British dude. And that's what he is. Like, he's the kind of guy you would see in a pub brawl on a Saturday. Like, that's what Tom Hardy's whole thing is. Yeah. And, like, I like that he's Venom. I just don't understand why they chose him for the role in the first place, kind of. I feel like he must, like, search out opportunities to wear masks and do weird voices i feel yeah i think just given his dossier of what he has done it just has to either be a his choice or he has been typecast as who do we want in this semi-faceless weird voice role 
Tom Hardy. He does he does do an American accent in Mad Max, but he says like mm, ten words. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Maybe. He right. says like get get in car. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, give good. It's like he does okay with that. <laughs> he practiced it for months. <laughs> Oh, Christ. You know, okay, I, I'm going to change the sh- subject a little bit, but my favorite character in Venom is the guy who plays Dan, because Dan is <laughs> the, like, Dan, if I think about it too hard, Dan is the weirdest character in that movie. Cause <laughs> I looked him up because I know that his first name is Reed, and I can never hold what in his brain what his whole name is. It's Reed Scott, known from TBS is my voice. Yes. <laughs> Every, as, as Corey pointed out when we were watching it, uh, every character, every actor who is on My Boys is only from My Boys in my head, including Jim yep. Gaffigan. Yep. <laughs> All those actors are only My Boys. They're the titular boys of the My Boys. My Boys. <laughs> but, like, Dan's character in this movie is so wild because he's introduced, right, as Anne's new boyfriend, fiancé person, right? And, like, he's introduced as, like, a romantic rival, but there's absolutely no, nothing of that. Like, there's, the way that Reed Scott plays him, he has no jealousy. He has absolutely none. He almost is played as if he doesn't know who Eddie Brock is, but he does. (laughs) But, like... Or just that he doesn't care. I think, yeah, again, I think, I think, I think it's think... great that he doesn't care. I actually love it. It's one of my favorite things is that he's just here and he happens to be a doctor so he can, like, deal with Eddie falling apart, like, literally his body <laughs> falling apart in front of them. Like, it's right. incredible. <laughs> well, and, like, when the second time you meet your fiancé's ex, and he that jumps guy into a lobster gets tank. into yeah. a lobster tank. I feel like you are not going to feel threatened that your ex might get back with their ex or your fiance might get back with their ex. Like, I feel like that takes the threat off the table. I think it's interesting that they could have made him like maybe just Anne's friend and not even like, like, because it would have made more sense if he was just Anne's friend who was like at like eating dinner with her and then and then Eddie Brock busts in and starts, like, <laughs> eating live lobsters. And he's like, I'm a doctor. I can deal with this. <laughs> if he was just a doctor who was like, this is a very fascinating medical study for me, a doctor, then it would make more sense. Once again, they wanted to have a love triangle, but they just didn't commit to it. Yeah. And they just made Dan the straightest man in the whole wide world. <laughs> And he was just like, I'm going to just be very concerned for this man who is dying before my eyes. Here, I'm the doctor and I'm here. And also, like, the romance in this movie is between Venom and Eddie. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, Michelle Williams and Tom Hardy don't have no chemistry, but they don't have, like, a lot they, of it. Yeah, <laughs> they don't have a lot of chemistry. They don't or have they, a ton of chemistry, but what they, what they do have is a slideshow to their love. <laughs> Yes, a screensaver, remember. Yes. A screensaver slideshow that they're in love. I really appreciate the uh, the the dynamic. It, we drew a couple of comparisons to Ant-Man, but like yeah. the the dynamic here of a couple who has this like wonky third wheel that's just a mess <laughs> and like again is not a threat at all to the relationship so they are just continuing to be in a relationship while both propping up this third wheel of a person 
just yeah. like doing their best. And I like that dynamic a lot. Yeah, it's not like a yeah. love triangle. It's like a it's it's a doctor and lawyer couple who are very successful and seem very <laughs> stable who are like trying to keep this third person alive because he's trying because <laughs> he keeps trying to know. eat garbage. Like <laughs> It's like yeah. they took on like an adult foster child. Yeah. <laughs> Jenny Slate is so underutilized uh, in this really too. Why is. would they even bother to get Jenny Slate for this? Yeah, like like Riz Ahmed, Jenny Slate, Michelle Williams, they're all just completely underutilized. Like why did you get these like known people for these roles where they're not doing anything? Like, Jenny Slate gets to do nothing and then she dies. Like, Riz Ahmed just has to play this incredibly straight villain who is, like, the least interesting. Like, Elon Musk, but even less interesting. Yeah, it's like Elon Musk, but, like, with less personality somehow. Yeah, somehow. (laughs) Which is really saying something. And his whole, like, I mean, I know we don't want to do, like, a plot summary, but Riz Ahmed's thing is, like... There's climate change and the world is bad, so I want to go to space. So I found these parasites that I'm going to put in humans so we can go to space. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's it? That's, that's, that's it. it? That's it. Okay. I mean, again, I would also- say that, like, I would say that that's unrealistic, but, at, but like, SpaceX exists and mm-hmm. Elon Musk shot a car into space for no real reason. Correct. So, like, I don't, I'm not actually, like, it, it doesn't seem unrealistic to me that, like, a, a very rich person would just be like, hmm, I'm going, I don't really understand climate change or anything. I just want to do some weird space stuff. Like I said when we were watching it, the only unrealistic thing is that they would have to, like, steal homeless people for these experiments because you know <laughs> there would be 20-year-old frat bros on Twitter who would be like, Yas, Elon, put a <laughs> symbiote baby in me. I want to be part of your science. Like, they would not have to do it undercover. It would just be like, Elon Musk kills 30 frat boys. It's okay, though. They signed a waiver. Like, that's what it would be. <laughs> Yeah, this the whole trend of like the villain is really into climate change or whatever. Like <laughs> I, it's such a remnant of like 10 to 20 years ago when we were all like, yeah, these people who are like really upset about climate change, what what weirdos, like what crazy weirdos, like unhinged scientists whatever. And it's like, guys, it's 2020 and literally real. literally we the, all know it. literally the world is on fire and we have like five to ten years to do something before we literally all die. And so, like, you know, maybe stop, like, villainizing people who are upset about climate change. Yeah. And there's also been, like, a lot of better better ways to combat climate change revealed in that time period yeah, than, than like, going to space. Than just, like, going to space going to through a parasite. To, we're going to escape to space. Yeah, I don't know, like, I... Would would it have been a better movie if Riz Ahmed went as hard as Tom Hardy did on the like? I mean, it would have been something. Choices? It would have at least made his scenes like less interesting, rote, you know? Yeah, because a- as it is, it's just like all of his scenes are just like plot. It's just like I am a rich man. I am doing something evil. I'm going to. Qu- I'm going to like quote the Bible sometimes. 
That's a character yeah, trait. No, the, the, the honestly, the funniest scene in the movie is like at the beginning where there's kids are coming to tour SpaceX or whatever it is, and they're like a little girl starts to ask a question, and someone goes shish, and he stands up and goes, "Don't hey, silence, don't her. silence her." <laughs> it's like okay calm down and he's like and then he goes it's always us who are asking questions that get looked down on by society and if you're not curious you're gonna suck it's like okay and it's like not even sure who's that who that's pointed at because the main hero of the film is an investigative journalist like yes who are you trying who who is this for who is this against? Oh, speaking of other actors in this who do very little yeah, for who they are. Ron yep. Cephas Jones, five minutes, showed up for five minutes, did one day of shooting. Ron Cephas Jones's desk was in the movie more than Ron Cephas Jones was. <laughs> it's true. His desk had like three scenes while he had like two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's fine. How much do you think they paid him <laughs> to be there? I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he definitely shot all of his scenes in like three hours. So like, oh, yeah, what? <laughs> I don't know. What's what's the going rate <laughs> for, for Ron Cephas Jones? I don't know. He'd won an Emmy at that point, hadn't he? <laughs> I don't know. Well, he just did. He and he and his daughter won Emmys the same year, which yeah. is cute. It's very wild to me. Oh, uh, we should also talk about um Late Lady Venom versus regular Venom. Ugh. Oh yeah, you, you know, know when you yeah you know are inhabiting when a male body. Yeah, you get like big and strong and tall, and then when you're in a Seven lady, you just tall. have giant boobs, just big old titties, <laughs> big old titties. And I, would not, titties. I would not say that Michelle Williams is like super busty, but apparently as Venom, as she Venom, is. yeah, that's where all the that's where all the symbiote energy goes. It just cover. It's like a it's like a layer of fat over the titties. <laughs> And then also over the butt, too. So, like, Eddie Brock, you know, when he's Venom, he gets, like, big, rippling chest full of muscles, is seven feet tall. But on a lady's body, Symbiote just goes TNA. TNA all the way. <laughs> and then also, we, we haven't talked about how the Symbiote essentially goes into Michelle Williams just so it can kiss Tom Hardy right on the mouth. <laughs> yeah, what? I don't... I don't know what they were trying to do with that. Like, I can't, I can't tell what the intention was of that. If it was the, like trying the scene to, in if it was if, no, if it was trying to spark more like, like romantic, romantic tension. tension. I think that between, was the like, intent. If it was, was it romantic tension between Michelle Williams and Tom Hardy though, or was it literally <laughs> between Venom and Tom Hardy? I, mean, I can't I tell. I think it was trying to be machine Michelle Williams and Tom Hardy because that's why they bring it up at the end again. But it plays as Tom Hardy and Venom because they didn't understand what they were doing with the writing in this but movie. They, but they literally at the that end scene where she was like, oh, that was Venom's idea to like to kiss him. <laughs> like she said that. And I was like, what? Uh, well, what? <laughs> What yeah, happened? That, like that's supposed to be played as like that is her excuse because it was actually her idea, but like it comes off as it well, comes, yeah, it comes off as true. like the symbiote really wanted to make out with you and yeah. use my body to do it. The symbiote loves to be inside of you, and he wanted to feel what the outside felt like too. That's what it comes <laughs> off as. 
Uh, I've read so much Venom fanfiction, you guys. So much. <laughs> of course you have. Of course, is Dan. So, is Dan there? Yeah, Dan's there. <laughs> Dan's there being uh, real chill. Just real chill, real chill dude. So, okay. So, do we have anything else we want to talk about within the actual first Venom? Or do we want to shift our focus to what we expect from... Yeah, the next. We were going to talk a little bit more about like the you know Sony, uh, I guess Dark Spider-Man universe or whatever the hell they're doing, Venomverse. Yeah, but like literally none of the none of the other movies have come out because Morbius, which was supposed to come out this year, got pushed, and Venom got pushed. Thanks, COVID. (laughs) Yeah, basically, my question is, what do you want? from second Venom, and what do you expect from second Venom, besides Woody Harrelson in an Annie wig? I mean, I expect this, but they're, but, like, instead of, you know, uh, Riz Ahmed as Car- as Riot, it's going to be Woody Harrelson as Carnage, and, like, a more serial killer vibe, because that's what he is, and yeah. he's gonna, I assume he's gonna have that terrible wig again, because for some reason, like, Eddie Brock is very, very blonde in the comics, but, like, they didn't have to do that for Tom Hardy, but I guess we have to make sure that Cletus Cassidy is extraordinarily redheaded. And also very curly. Very curly, very redheaded. The sun will come out to Venom. Yeah. (laughs) Bet your bottom Venom that tomorrow. I would love for a Venom 2 to just be clearer in what the hell it's doing tone-wise, but I don't... That's too much to ask. It won't be. Yeah. I I wish they would just lean into it being a full comedy. Like, I honestly... I wish they would drop all pretense of it being, like, a serious action movie and just have it be, like, hijinks. It should be a romantic comedy, because that's what it is. (laughs) I mean, I know they're not going to do that because Carnage is a much more like yeah, Carnage is like a much serious more serious villain. and like scary and kind of horror-y, like body horror. Yeah. So I assume that's what they're going to do. And since yeah. since Andy Serkis is directing it, I assume it's going to be like it's weird, be weird, weird mocap <laughs> shit, which is fine, I guess. Like I'll <laughs> I'll watch it, I guess. Uh, yeah. I'm just. Yeah, and bringing like bringing back the comparison to Ant Man, like I think one of the benefits of Ant Man as as a franchise so far is that it does not take itself seriously at all, and yeah. that's why they they come off well. Yeah, it's like a, it's very comedic. It makes fun of itself, and it like works because it like knows what its scale is. Like it knows that it's like. Ha! <laughs> like it's scale uh, yeah like it's get it <laughs> he's ant-man and like half for half the movie he's very small and that's funny <laughs> and that's the movie and it's good you make big sets you put paul rudd in you let him run around like a mice that's it <laughs> <laughs> do you think that now that because had okay had michelle williams won an oscar yet when she did this yes. movie yes she had yes that's very surprising she she i think she said like straight up in interviews like she did this because it was easy and it was a paycheck like it was not difficult for her like it was a hot it was a big paycheck for her because it's like franchise and like she didn't have to do a lot of actual acting she she just had to wear a really bad wig yeah get money get paid i mean yeah hustle I i was like you know what good for you Yas queen. (laughs) Yeah, so my question is, do you think that, like, do you think that she'll stick around, though? 
Because, or will she Natalie Portman out? She's been confirmed for a second movie. Like, she'll okay. be in it, so... That's good. Who knows? Well, Natalie Portman wasn't exactly two movies as well, so... Yeah, right. so... Who knows? I just want to make sure that we get some more... Some more, um... Lukewarm chemistry, or... Yeah. No, some more... Some more family... Family dynamics of of her and Dan as the parents yeah. to <laughs> to problematic to problematic child Eddie slash Venom. So we didn't. We're not. I know we're not like really talking out of out of other um, Spider Man stuff. Except I do want to ask, uh, what do you remember and like or dislike about the short lived? Um, oh God, what's his name? Eric Foreman. What's his name? What's his name? What are you talking I had about? It oh my I lost gosh. It. I had it and I lost it. It's <laughs> Topher uh, Grace. Topher Grace, Topher yeah. Grace, Eddie Brock. Oh. Do you remember anything? I, what do I you remember? I don't think I saw all of Spider-Man 3 because I didn't like it. Because <laughs> I, I, again, I did not like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. And I don't think I watched all of the third one. I think I started it and I was like, mm, nah, and I turned it off. So I've seen it not too recently, but not like not. It's been not been years. It's been like a, a year, maybe, because I think I watched it when Sean did for his podcast. I, From what I remember, I don't think Topher Grace even played like Eddie Brock. I think his name was Eddie Brock and he was just playing like a like An a, douche, a douchebag photographer. Right. Yeah. And like, that's not really what Eddie Brock is. Like it kind of is, but it's not. From what it seemed like, like from what I remember, he's just not enough of a mess of a person. Like he's just a jerk yeah, who he's is just functional a mean in society and is competitive with Peter and then gets Venom as a way to like continue to compete with Peter. But it's yeah. not any kind of like, you're a loser, Eddie, that no well that's definitely not that at all that's like original eddie brock is he is a competing journalist in right yeah uh, new york um and he has like a grudge against peter for whatever reason and then he gets the symbiote which like the symbiote i the symbiote the reason the symbiote looks like a black spider-man is because (laughs) it's because like peter wore it first and it, like, attached to him. Yeah, that happens in Spider-Man yeah. 3. And then yeah. after he gets rid of the symbiote, it attaches to various other people, including Eddie Brock, and it re- retains that, like, spider motif. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, that's that's how it happens in, in Spider-Man yeah. 3. I'm, I'm forgetting where the symbiote came from, but, like, it, it's it enters space. Peter's room when he's asleep, and that that's why he becomes, like, Dark Peter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he shakes it off at some point, and it uh, attaches to Eddie Brock. Rival photographer Eddie Brock. It's not as like compelling of a compelling of a pairing, I don't think. Well, and also that you don't. There's no the the symbiote doesn't have any personality either. Yeah, it's just right. the, yeah. the Spider Man thing. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I, the only thing I remember about like like significantly about Topher Grace's character is that he had spiked blonde tips. Yep. And he wore a big camera around. That's all I remember. <laughs> Yeah. Coincidentally, the only thing I remember from the um, uh, Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies, which I know we also aren't going to talk about, but it's that scene in the sewer where (laughs) it says property of Peter Parker. That's how he finds out who Spider-Man is. Oh, my gosh. The villain. Remember? (laughs) Yeah. 
Because I thought that was the funniest shit ever. I think that was like my Twitter photo for like five years. Because <laughs> I never used my Twitter account, but I thought it was the funniest shit ever. I'm looking at a list of some of these other like quote unquote Spider-Man movies uh, in development. And they're all nonsense. And I just don't understand how they're they're making a like Spider-Man universe without a Spider-Man in the center of it. It's basically just, like, stuff happening in New York. <laughs> Let's watch it. Yeah, it's just, like, people are being evil in New York, I think. Yep. Yeah. It's just, like, let's let's check in on how New York's doing. Hmm, bad. <laughs> like, they're doing, a, they're doing a night watch. They're doing a... Uh... Craven the Hunter, which I don't even understand how you're gonna do Craven the Hunter without... What's he gonna hunt? What's he gonna hunt? <laughs> people <laughs> the, the the most dangerous game <laughs> they're doing a sinister six and i is like my like they're doing a madam web they're doing spider woman maybe they're yeah olivia wilde is doing a female-centric marvel film quote unquote um we don't know who that who which i assume is going to be a spider woman character don't know which one it's going to be are the are all the spider women still owned by sony too like is is spider so. woman owned by i think so. sony i think any i know gwen stacy is yeah i think all and spider, spider all like spider stuff anything that falls under like peter and his sort of oeuvre yeah his like rogues gallery the other like spider people anyone with like a spider power set or like costume mm. or whatever i think falls under that hmm. would you watch i saw this on the wikipedia page so i don't know if it's real or not a spinoff of jake gyllenhaal mysterio they, it they are no or they're con i think they're considering it i don't know that it's been like confirmed or anything i think it was probably an idea that's been thrown around but i don't think anything's been like set I think I would see it. Here's my here's my here's my answer. No. <laughs> <laughs> I liked that movie a lot. It was my least favorite part of that movie. <laughs> yes, we know. We know. We know the Jake Gyllenhaal uh, problem. I've talked about it many times on the podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, do we have anything else that we uh, wanted to talk about in regarding Venom? Was there anything that we forgot to discuss? I mean, it. it Tom Holland would fit so badly in the in the kind of canon that Sony is making. It's just it's like very funny how badly Tom Holland Spider-Man would fit in. Yeah, I just don't understand how they would make that work in any universe at all. Like even as like a cameo, I can't understand how it would work. And it's it's too much. It would blow the fuck up because people would be like, oh, see, it is a shared universe and we should all band behind Disney so it could buy Sony to, to reunite Spider-Man with the rest of the blah, blah, blah. It would be a whole thing. I just I don't I feel like Sony should like count their blessings and be grateful that they're getting the profits from these Spider-Man movies, which are very successful. Yes. And just use that money to make your own garbage movies that you're making. Yes. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but in what universe do I want a Craven the Hunter movie? <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck is that even going to be? Like, it's just, like, that character is just a crazy man who hunts, like, people and aliens and whatever. Like, yeah. He's... The most dangerous game. 
He's just like a big game hunter who's evil, which is like, yeah. okay. Which most big game hunters are evil in real life. So yeah, it's not like we even need to take like, it that far. Yeah, like, it's just like you can just show like a white man, a rich white man go out and like kill an endangered elephant or whatever. And you're like, yes, that's evil. Make a movie about that Ohio dentist that just <laughs> killed lions or whatever. Yeah, like that's yes. I would be like, yes, that's a villain. I see it. I, I acknowledge it. it. Yes. Oh, no no shorthand needed here. He's sitting on a corpse. I get it. Well, we did do basically an hour. Yeah. yeah. It happened. Got a enum venom enum hour. Venom. Yeah. Okay, so do, do you have a recommendation down? Did we want to try and make any recommendations? What is your recommendation theme that you have taken? I have no theme. I just I I'll recommend one of my favorite uh venom like comic storylines. Um, it's called Venom First Toast. I think it's only like five issues, but I just like it because it's very silly. And the premise of the entire thing is that Venom and Eddie have a baby. That's the oh. whole thing. Like they oh. cannot, they canonically oh. like just have a baby. So it's, All right. that's, that's it. That's it. Okay. Well, Sam, do you want to make your recommendation of yeah, your, your Venom-related thing? I guess my recommendation is the Eminem Donald Trump diss track <laughs> on YouTube <laughs> because it's the worst rap ever created and it's exceptionally hilarious because the first line... Sorry, no. Well, not the real first line. The first line is, how was I going to start this? Uh, I forgot. And then the first line after that is, that's an awfully hot coffee pot. Should I drop it on Donald's head? Probably not. And it just gets worse from there. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my recommendation. It's very funny. <laughs> I, I don't actually have any recommendations. I just wanted both of you to, to get to recommend your things. My recommendation <laughs> is to, I don't know, watch watch Venom or watch. If you want to watch a better Sony property Spider-Man thing, watch Into the Spider-Verse or something. But, I mean, that's all I have. So, all right. I guess that's going to do it for us. Do we have anything else we need to talk about before we go? No. I think so. All right. Well, this has been Discontent, a podcast about nothing and for no one. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Discontent Podcast and on Twitter at Discontent Cast. And you can, I guess, leave a review or whatever. Uh. <laughs> I hate this. Let me know how you felt about the Donald Trump diss track. <laughs> <laughs> Um, our theme song is South of France by the Swing Ninjas. It's a much better song than the Venom uh, theme. So go listen to them and thank, the, thank them. Blah, 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 blah. Go yep. listen to them. And yep. Thanks very yep. much for them to them for letting us use it. All right. Well, so next week we're going to um, be getting a little bit more spooky. We're going to be doing our Halloween watch 2020. So get ready for that. And I'll see you guys then. Ooh. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs>